Good afternoon, everybody. It's good to be here again um, with everyone. Uh, if you want to go ahead and place a marker where James read in Ephesians 1, go up, you can do that. It's also on the sheet that I gave out if you'd rather just look at that. Um, that is going to be where we end up in this lesson, though it's not where we start. If you don't have a sheet and you want something to help you follow along with the lesson, there's, I think, a few extras on the back table. Don't feel bad about getting up and grabbing one of those if you'd like. Um, I, I wanted to talk about um, this idea of, of, of blessings, which certainly are represented in Ephesians 1. That's why we're going to go there. Um, and the reason I want to talk about this is uh, it's an important concept uh, in the New Testament, especially this, this idea of blessings. But if you're like me, and I'm not saying that you are, but if you're like me, blessing kind of has a vague meaning to me. I hear it used in a lot of different senses and contexts. And so, like, in general, I think I've understood what a blessing is, like kind of a good thing. But I've never really, like, done a deep dive in, like, what actually is a blessing, you know, in the Bible? Like, what does that mean? And certainly what I'm going to present this morning is not exhaustive. Um, but I think it's a helpful starting place to kind of understand what blessings are, but also why they matter. And, um, you know, so I want to address a couple basic questions about that. Because um, I think more and more in our culture, this term blessing is appearing. Um, and and, in, and in, sec, in a secular sense, just like receiving blessings and being blessed and this terminology is tossed around. And so I think for me, it's been a little confusing. Okay, like what is a blessing? Does anyone have them? Like where are they? All these questions I've had. So maybe like me, you've been in that boat. And I think this morning we can sort through some of this biblically. And I think it's important to talk about for a couple of reasons. One, because God definitely talks about blessings. It's important to know what he means by that. What is a blessing? It's also important to know, like, how does God expect that we receive them? What are the blessings God expects us to have? And again, this is not exhaustive, but I think this is helpful. Um, I actually, in seeking this out and trying to understand this for myself, I realized pretty quickly that there's actually two words that are translated blessing in, in English. Um, one really carries uh, the sense of happiness, which is what you see in, like, uh, the Sermon on the Mount. Blessed is, blessed is, that's really happy is the one, happy is the one. And then another word, and that word is markarios, I'm sure I'm butchering that. The other one is the word that we get a eulogy from, um, and it's to speak well of, to praise. And so that is, like, we might say, blessed are you, right? And that is kind of the way that we go to funerals and we have a eulogy, that's a blessing, right? Like you're speaking well or you're praising someone, who is often in our culture passed on, right? And so those are the two words that we have. Matthew 5, Luke 6, the Beatitudes show one. Even in Romans chapter 4, um, verses 6 through 8, talks about blessed is the one who's been forgiven, happy is he, right? Like there's this state that kind of comes on for being forgiven in God's eyes. And then the other, this eulogy, this eulogio, uh, is to invoke a blessing or to praise, to speak well of, to consecrate, um, you see that represented in turn, uh, like in Matthew 26, um, when Jesus is instituting kind of in this uh, this Passover feast, he's beginning this communion, this Lord's Supper as we call it, 
and he blesses the bread and partakes. That's that. He speaks well. He consecrates. Um, you also see that in Romans chapter 12, um, verse 4, if you want to turn there. Um, I'm going to cite it here, or read it rather quickly. I'm not going to spend much time on this, but in Romans chapter 12, verse 4, this is this eulogio, or however you say it, beginning in verse 4. For as in one body we have many members, and the members... Um, Oh, sorry, I wrote down the wrong verse here. Um, what verse is it? Anyway, those are blessed when we're persecuted is the verse in uh, Romans that I was looking for. and Maybe it was 4.12. Maybe I flipped it or something. What was that? 14? Romans 12.14? Ah, uh, okay. Thank you for being able to spot that. Bless those who persecute you. Do not curse them. That's the eulogio. Speak well of, consecrate, invoke a blessing on those who persecute you. So all of that to say, not to uh, overwhelm us with any kind of word pursuit, but just to say there are two words that in English both are blessing. One is happy, and one is to speak well of or to consecrate, to invoke favor or blessing. Um, the reason I think it's important to, to, to know both these meanings exist is because it reveals two ideas. In the Beatitudes... In Matthew 5, Luke 6, a sense of a blessing is to be happy. Like in English, we would say, blessed is he, right? That's why it reads that way. There is a joy, there is a happiness that comes in God's participation or in his involvement in a circumstance, right? Like in Matthew chapter 5, the idea of those beatitudes, as we often call them, is that those who are of God, right, are happy in this circumstance. When and oftentimes that would be counterintuitive. It's not natural to, to be happy in that, right? Blessed are those who mourn, right? Well, that's not normal. Why would I be happy in that, right? God's involvement creates a happiness. Romans chapter 4, as I cited earlier, um, the one who is forgiven, if you want to turn there with me since we're already in Romans, I'll read these verses, Romans 4, 6 through 8. Um, Just as David also speaks of the blessing of the one to whom God counts righteousness apart from works, blessed, right, happy are those whose lawless deeds are forgiven and whose sins are covered. Blessed or happy is the man against whom the Lord does not count his sin. Right, God's involvement in our lives can create this sense of blessed, this happiness, this joy that comes from God doing or God showing or God moving, right? Like he can create this happiness. But I don't think that's the, the weight of the word blessing. Actually, more often than not, it's this other sense that we see it in the New Testament. This other sense that's to speak well of, to invoke a blessing, um, the reason I, I don't normally print out sheets to accompany the lesson, and you may not find this helpful, but my thinking in printing this off was I didn't want to draw on the board as much as sometimes I do, so I thought I'll just print it off, save us the time. You'll notice at the bottom of the sheet there's kind of this, this circle, and this isn't perfect by any means, but hopefully it illustrates what I'm going for that we're going to talk about when we get to Ephesians 1. The text of Ephesians 1, 3 through 14 is at the top of the sheet. And in the middle of these two things, you'll notice is uh, God's blessings and man's blessings. And what I want to end up talking about is how we are participants in blessings, but they're not equal. 
right? Like God's blessings are distinct from the blessings that we give, right? And I want to talk about that some, but I, I printed this out on a sheet of paper so that if you want to mark it up, you can. Because um, we're going to spend some time in for, uh, Ephesians 1 looking at the blessings. Um, we're also going to talk about some of the stuff at the bottom of the sheet. So feel free to mark that up or use that. If you don't use it, that's fine, but I thought I'd print it off. So a couple questions that I want to ask as we go through this lesson. Um, first are, what are blessings? Right? We're starting to answer that now. But also, uh, where are blessings found and what blessings are there? Um, and I think that first one, where are blessings found, we're going to cover concretely. And then the second one, what blessings are there? I don't think I've covered an exhaustive list, though I think we're going to set up a pretty healthy um, skeleton of kind of the blessings that God offers. Um, but I want us to think about this for a moment. In English, as we read our Bibles, the word blessing can be an action, like a cause, but it can also sort of be an effect, the way we use blessing, right? A cause, right? Um, a blessing to invoke, right? It's like Jesus blessing the bread, Matthew 26. Like that is something Jesus does. He does the blessing. But then think about the Beatitudes. Happy is one who, right? Romans chapter 4, blessed is the one whose sins are forgiven. Like that's an effect. Like you have joy, you have happiness. So a blessing in either, depending on the sense, can be a cause. It can be an effect. And sometimes it's both. I think that's what makes blessing kind of hard to figure out is like when people use them in their language, sometimes it's a thing that you do. Sometimes it's a thing you receive. Sometimes it's both. And so it can be a little confusing to figure out, okay, what exactly is a blessing other than saying a good thing, right? Because that's kind of how we use it. Oh, a good thing happened to me. Oh, what a blessing, right? Um, in scripture, we have to be able to see that it is both an action and an effect biblically. Um, these are some ways that I see it working out scripturally. When something favorable happens to someone, which is kind of an effect, right? Um, Romans 4 illustrates that. A feeling, a happiness comes on due to something happening, right? Um, another is a chant or a prayer that invokes God's protection or favor. You think about the Levitical blessing that was given. That's kind of that idea. Um, and so there's that invocation. There's that speaking well of, that eulogy, right, that you want God to do. That's kind of an action and an effect, right? You're doing something hoping God affects, right? Both are considered blessings. And then simply praying to God before, like, say, a meal, Jesus, Matthew 26, blessing the bread and breaking it, that's an action. And so, again, it's important to see the biblical portrait of a blessing um, for a couple of reasons, just so we can know what is true, right? Like, we can know how to think about it. But then also that we have an expectation that is appropriate. Uh, we talked a little bit in our Bible class today about how sometimes we think things are going to play out one way and they play out another. And that can affect our faith, right? Like if I'm really expecting God to move this way, if he zigs when I expected him to zag, right, that, that can really shake me up um, depending on what the zigging and the zagging is, right? Sometimes it's in my favor and I think, well, that's better than I ever imagined. Sometimes I think, 
That's not at all what I imagine. This is way worse, right? If we have an unrealistic or an unbiblical expectation of this concept of blessings, it can really mess us up. I know people who have expected certain things, certain blessings in their spiritual life that have never been promised by God, but they've been taught or uh, led to believe a certain thing about God. I think of maybe the prosperity aspect of the gospel that's sometimes taught. You're going to be, if you just sow a little bit with God, you're going to be blessed beyond measure. Well, that's never a biblical concept in the way that they mean it as far as having houses and cars and money and you know all this wealth of the world. And so it's important to understand some of these aspects of blessing that the Bible points out to us. Um, in fact, I would suggest to you guys that really the blessing that God is primarily concerned with is about his relationship with us. We saw that in Jeremiah. And God wants us, even though we've done our best to mess up the relationship, right? Like inadvertently or intentionally, we do things to, to mar that relationship. And so God wants to, just like he told Jeremiah this morning, he wants to work his promises for our favor despite us invoking the curse of the law, right? And that really is a blessing. That is something that God is going to speak well of us when he shouldn't have. That is something that he's going to give us happiness or joy in when we shouldn't have, right? And so that's really what God's concerned about. In fact, if you want to turn to one quick verse here in Acts chapter 3, I think this was a verse that I found that most quickly summarizes this concept. It's very succinct but also helpful. Acts chapter 3 verse 26 Acts chapter 3, verse 26. Peter, of course, is speaking kind of on this porch of the temple. And he says this at the very end of this discourse. God, having raised up his servant, sent him to you first to bless you by turning every one of you from your wickedness. I think this verse succinctly points us to the main blessing, the primary blessing the root of all blessing that God wants to give us is restoring a relationship with him. And in this text, it says it in this way, by turning you from your wickedness, right? That's one, that's like the main aspect of restoring a relationship with God because God doesn't have to turn from his wickedness, right? We do. But Peter reveals to us this, this speaking well of us, this invocation of good, God is doing toward us is turning us from our wickedness. So it's important for, for you and me to understand that the primary blessing that I can have is that God turns me away from my wickedness. That's number one. That's foundational. We can go to a bunch of verses that talk about that being Jesus' mission. He didn't come here to judge the world, right? But to save us by our belief. John 3.16 says exactly that. That's a verse we probably all know. And so it's important for us to see that home base in our understanding of blessings needs to be that our blessings need to concern ourselves and God is concerned with for us turning from evil, turning from wickedness. That's our primary blessing through his servant, Jesus Christ. And we're going to talk about that more in a moment. Um. So I'm, I'm going to suggest to you this, and you'll see this. This is the circle chart at the very bottom of your paper. I think 
through scripture, we begin to see a picture that God sends Jesus as a blessing to us, right? Acts chapter 3. So that Jesus can bless us. We're going to talk about that in Ephesians 1. But then so that we can bless God. That's also in Ephesians 1. So that's why I kind of had that circle graph is really biblically blessings are a cause and effect. But they start with turning us from our wickedness. And so God sends blessings through Jesus. Jesus gives us all spiritual blessings. And in Christ, we then bless God the Father. And I think that's really when it gets down to the nitty gritty. We're going to talk about some practical ways that this matters. It's summed up in kind of that circle. Uh, And Ephesians 1 reveals much of that to us. So if you want to go ahead and look at Ephesians 1, it's on the sheet like I said. You can just look at the sheet, or if you'd rather look at it in your Bible, that's fine, your iPad or whatever. The text that I have in front of you on the sheet is Ephesians 1, 3 through 14. I left the verses out so as not to distract us from the text, but you can write that at the top if you want to remember what it is. Ephesians 1, 3 through 14. Um, I think it's important as we dive into Ephesians 1 to think about this. God's blessings do some things that like, are unique to God, which seems obvious because he's God and I'm not. But it's important to remember in this circle that God blesses us through Christ with stuff that I could never bless anybody with. That doesn't mean, as we're going to talk about, that I am devoid of action, that I don't have any application, that I don't do any blessing. I do, and that's revealed in Ephesians 1. But it's not going to be by nature the same kind of blessing God has done. That's what that little middle part shows us. You'll notice on that that God's blessings tend to do things like bestow and endow and strengthen and help. That without God's involvement never would have happened. right? And I can't do that in the same way God did it. You'll notice under man's blessings, mine is more reciprocal, right? Mine's more uh, reactionary. God's is the cause. He's doing something. He's strengthening, endowing, helping. And then I speak well of. I praise and I give thanks and I'm grateful for. But in Ephesians 1, we're going to see how that manifests itself in some ways here. So let's look at this text. So in Ephesians chapter 1... Verses 3 through 14, a couple of questions are going to get answered for us. Where are blessings found? What blessings are there to be found or to be had? And what do I do with them? Those are the three questions that as we read this, I want you to consider. So let's read the text again, just for emphasis here, and be considering these questions as we go through them. Where are blessings found? That's going to be the first one answered almost immediately. And then what blessings are there and what do I do with them? All right, so I know that's a lot to think about, but let's read this again. Verse 3, Blessed be the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, even as he chose us in him before the, found, or before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him. In love he predestined us for adoption as sons through Jesus Christ, According to the purpose of his will, to the praise of his glorious grace, with which he has blessed us in the beloved. In him we have redemption through his blood, 
the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of his grace which he lavished upon us in all wisdom and insight making known to us the mystery of his will according to his purpose which he set forth in christ as a plan for the fullness of time to unite all things in him things in heaven and things on earth in him we have obtained an inheritance having been predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will so that we who were the first to hope in Christ might be to the praise of his glory. In him you also, when you heard the word of the truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in him, were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it to the praise of his glory. There are various ideas as to what blessings are, there exist very and even conflicting ideas about how to obtain them. And there exist a multitude of concepts on how to live them out. I think Ephesians chapter 1 for a Christian should be a primary text that we look to to say, all right, where do I obtain blessings? You know, like, how do I get blessings? If we weren't already paying attention to Acts chapter 3, which mentioned through his servant. We would see in Ephesians chapter 1, right off the bat in verse 3, where are the blessings found? Well, in Christ. Um, this tells us a couple of basic things. I think one, where to find blessings. If you want to be blessed from God, if you want to be blessed of God, which is really the only real blessing there is, then you need to be in Christ. Uh, I know for many of us that might be a basic thing that you kind of are so used to hearing. You kind of tune it out, but it's important to remember that. And for those of you who may not know that, that's the truth. God wants us to be blessed, but he's, his avenue for doing that is in his son. Acts chapter 3 said that through his servant, he might turn all of us from our wicked ways. And so it's important to remember this. It's not something that I can just kind of grab myself. Um, I think there's a concept uh, that we've all, probably all thought and is certainly represented in the world that like, if you just kind of reach for the blessings, you're going to get them. Right? Like if you work hard enough, if you, if you grab and you believe strong enough, no matter what else is going on in your life, you can grab those blessings, right? Um, we've all heard songs that have lyrics like that. Blessings are falling in my lap, right? I'm just getting them and I'm not really doing much, but they just keep happening. Or we've been to motivational speakers that have said, you know, you just reach up and you grab those blessings and you just kind of get them for yourself, right? Well, yes and no. We have to be in Christ to have any real spiritual blessings from God. Uh, so that's important to see in verse 3. Uh, it's encouraging and helpful to know that God has actually um, prepared and given blessing, isn't it? I think for some of us, We've been discouraged in, in the past, or maybe you're discouraged right now, not because you know you you see all these blessings in your life, but maybe you feel like there aren't any. Uh, maybe you question whether God actually does care enough to give you good things and to speak well of you and to 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 allow you to have happiness right through certain contexts and circumstances. Well, Ephesians chapter one is what you need to remember. God does give blessings. We're going to talk about what those are, but he gives them through Christ. And so sometimes we may have 
difficulty in understanding how God works or what he's doing or when he's doing it. But we can know that if I'm in Christ, whatever God is doing that's a blessing is available to me. I may not always feel it. I may not always feel like that's true. I may be discouraged. I may not see it. But I know in Christ, I'm in the place that I need to be to receive those blessings. The next question besides where are blessings found or what blessings are there to be found? Let's look again in this text, and I'm going to run through this um, fairly quickly. Verse 3 just simply says every spiritual blessing, though that's not super specific. It does tell me all of them are in Christ. There's not one outside of Christ. You can't have any spiritual blessing that just is like uh, an errant one that you just happen to get, you bump into outside of Christ. Like all of them are there. As you continue through the text in verse 4, you have holiness. You have blamelessness are considered blessings in this text. Verse 5, you have an adoption that occurs that outside of Christ would not exist. And so that's certainly a blessing. Verse 6, you have grace that's bestowed that seems to be without Christ, wouldn't be bestowed. Um, As you continue down, verse 7, you have redemption, right? This idea that you've been bought back from your wicked ways. You also have in that verse forgiveness. Um, It's not just like you're bought back and then you're in bad graces forever. You're bought back and you're forgiven, right? Um, You have that represented in verse 9, A blessing is the knowledge of God's mysterious will. And there's a lot to be said about that, but just know that, like, we can't know the mind of Christ unless he, or the mind of God even, unless he reveals it. It's mysterious to us. How much higher are God's ways than our ways? But you know what we have in Christ? The revelation of God's mysterious will. Continuing on in verse 11, we have an inheritance. It's not that we're adopted and then we're left needy that there's an abundance, that there's an inheritance in this adoption. Verse 12, a blessing that we have is that we actually become to the praise of God's glory. Like we're not against it. You know how a lot of people could actually, in many ways, like I don't want any part of God because of this, this, or the other that I see. Well, actually in Christ, we end up being reasons for the praise of God's glory. What a blessing, right? Instead of being detractions from it. Um, verses 13 and 14 a blessing is that we're sealed with the Holy Spirit and the idea is that when it comes time to be redeemed we've been given a guarantee right what a blessing that is now in verse 14 as well we also see that we're formed or we're made into God's own possession which I think is said different ways in this text, like being adopted is one, being to the praise of God's glory is another. But it's important to see that like, in Christ, we really truly become God's. Like, he gets to kind of seal us. He gets to stamp us. He gets to adopt us like we're his. And outside of Christ, you're not at all. You're not God's at all. And so as you guys are looking through this text and if you're marking it up or whatever... Uh, Maybe you see some more that I didn't highlight. I hit the big ones. Um, But in verse 3, when it says every spiritual blessing is in Christ, we don't need to think about cars. We don't need to think about men or women that we're interested in. We don't need to think about the pride of life, you know, being important and big. 
We don't need to think about, you know, our friend circles. Like the stuff that we need to be concerned with is everything that comes after verse 3. Am I adopted by God? Am I forgiven? Am I holy? Am I blameless? Am I God's own possession? Am I sealed with the Holy Spirit? Am I going to be redeemed? Am I bestowed grace? Do I have a knowledge of God's will? These are the blessings you should be concerned with. These are the blessings that in Acts 3 when Peter's saying, you know, he sent his servant to turn you from his wicked ways. These are the blessings that you get when you turn from the wicked ways. If God thought it was important for you to have a Lamborghini or for you to have the best of friends or be the most popular person, he would have given it to you. But it's not important. Every spiritual blessing that you need is in Christ. And every spiritual blessing that you should be concerned with should be found in this list. Everything else is circumstantial. Now, I'm not saying God doesn't bless in physical ways. I think he does. We see that through the Bible. But the blessings that I know that I can have that are not circumstantial, that are not passing, that are not uh, fleeting in a sense, are these ones. God can bless us physically, and he can do amazing things in our lives, and every good and perfect gift does come from the Father of light from above, right? But the ones that are important, the ones that he promises to every single person in Christ are these. So some of us may have a life of, of... like a physical life of peace. Some of us may have a physical life with a lot of friends. Some of us may have a physical life where we enjoy fellowship with other believers. But some of us may have physical lives where we're the only believer. Some of us may have lives where we're not wealthy or we're not popular. Some of us may have lives where we're the only guy talking about God when people don't want to listen. Jeremiah, right? But every spiritual blessing... The ones that we've talked about is available to every believer in every age in Christ. And so, you know, despite what motivational speakers are out there, despite what uh, musicians are saying, these are the blessings that we should be concerned with. These are the blessings we know God gives us in Christ. The last one is what do I do with my blessings? When I look at Ephesians chapter 1, I asked the question, okay, like, what do I do with this? There's a lot of places that we could turn to to answer this question. I'm just going to stay within Ephesians 1 um, to, to take a crack at this. But within Ephesians 1, I think the first thing, kind of like our, our circle shows us, is that, and that this word eulogy kind of comes from, is that we speak well of God. Did you notice in verse 3, blessed be the God, right? Praises to, invocation to, toward, right? Exaltation of the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Paul knew that in Christ he got every blessing, but before he could even talk about that, he needed to praise God for that, right? And so I think fundamentally, when we receive the blessings of God, it means that we need to speak well of God, that we need to bless him in return. Now, certainly, that blessing's not nearly as magnificent as the blessings he's given in Christ, right? But we are participants in blessing. We become like God because in Christ we now can bless God for the blessings he's given us that we've experienced, that we know. And so we bless God. We speak well of God. Verse 3, blessed be God. Verses 5 and 9, Paul, I think, talks about not just God's will, but his kind will. Like he speaks of it favorably. Um, 
Verse 7 talks about not just God's grace, but the riches of God's grace that he lavishly bestowed upon us. God is, or sorry, Paul is like dripping with this praise and this, this gratitude that he has for what God has done. He's lavished, he's bestowed, he's blessed, he is kind in his will, right? That's how we need to be about God. Like if you're in Christ and you're not speaking well of God, if you're not blessing God in return, something's amiss. Um, because that's God's expectation of us, is that we too could be to the praise of his glorious grace. Right. Additionally, um, that's what verse 12 says, right? Being to the praise of God's glory. And I think this is probably a multifaceted application. There's a lot of ways that we could be to the praise of God's glory. One is in our speech about God specifically, speech to other I mean how we live our lives shows whether or not we appreciate the blessings of being in Christ if I'm a Christian if I'm not in Christ well then my life's not going to be to the praise of God's glorious grace because I don't actually have any of his blessings that matter you know and so those are just two really basic ways that I think what do I do with the blessings? Well, I speak well of God and I live in such a way that I can be a, to the praise of the grace of the blessings that he's bestowed on me. When people look at my life, do they have reason to like speak well of God? Or do they, have I given them reasons to not do that? Do I speak well of God myself? Do I live in a manner that's consistent with the blessings of Christ or do I not? Am I to the praise of God's glorious grace or am I to the praise of me? or my job, or my friendships, or whatever. So there's a lot more that can be said about this topic. Um, I just hope that this kind of introduction to it helps us think about blessings. In fact, I was listening uh, to something the other day that got me thinking along this track about a week or two ago. Just the common usage of this idea of receiving and giving blessings all the time. And I started thinking about... Do I even really know what a blessing is? And I'm not sure I have a perfect answer pinned down, but I know where I can look to find answers. And that's really one of the main points of this is just reinforcing this concept of like whatever we believe about God needs to be from Scripture. Whatever we hang our hat on spiritually needs to be from Scripture, not just because someone told us or because I heard a song that said this that made me think that this is true. Um, so... At the end of this lesson, where, where, what are blessings? Well, provisions from God, happiness from the Lord. These are blessings. Um, where are they found? In Christ and only in Christ. How do I obtain blessings? By following God and Christ's terms. We didn't talk much about that, but Matthew chapter 7, verse 21 says, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven... On that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and cast out demons in your name and do many mighty works in your name? Then I'll declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. So if the blessings are in Christ, and that tells me the terms are set not by me to receive blessings. And that's what Jesus is reflecting here. If you want to be a part of him, you have to do his will. Um, but then uh, what blessings uh, will I get? Well, Read Ephesians 1, right? And what do I do with my blessings? I praise, thank, and glorify God 
which certainly involves, as John chapter 14, verse 15 does, uh, says, uh, we keep his commandments. Right. We keep his commandments. So this was an overview of blessings. Hopefully this has been helpful for you. It may seem kind of random, um, but hopefully it made sense. It was a little random in that it just came from me thinking about this stuff, but hopefully you see why it matters. Even if you've never had conversations that confused you when it came to blessings, or even if you've never been confused about the concept, hopefully this reinforces truth and the importance of God's Son, Jesus. If there's anyone here this morning that is not in Christ, and I don't determine what that means God does, and as he lays that out in Scripture, that's believing in in him and seeing the sin in your life and confessing that he is the Lord and being baptized for the forgiveness of those sins. If you haven't done that to be in Christ, then the only thing I know to say to you is um, every spiritual blessing is not available to you right now. And so I would encourage you to, to take this afternoon to think about that seriously, to talk to someone here if you want help with that, prayers, study, or whatever. Any one of us would be willing to help you. If you are a Christian, continue to believe what's true about the blessings of God, that they are real, that they are available, and that every spiritual blessing, if you're in Christ, you have it. And so you don't have to worry about eternity, and you don't have to worry about whether God's taking care of you. I hope this lesson's been encouraging to you, and if there's anything that anyone needs, while Robin leads us in this song, this is your time to make it known. Thank you, guys.